0: I had this funny vision of a Karate Kid movie where they're teaching the zero-knowledge proofs. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Crypto Basic Podcast. My name is Michael Lucky and today I'll only be joined by a single co-host, and the audience is going to have to settle for Brent Philbin. Wah, wah, wah.
1: Hey, they're probably pretty excited of just having me with awesome guests last week on the flagship, so they're used to it at this point.
0: Yeah, Kareem and I, uh, we're doing a little bit of getting away, so, you know. Brent's going to have to cover the load for a little while, but that's just fine. Before we move on, though, today's episode is going to be a 101 covering the original of the Z-blank coins and communities in the form of Zcash. It's important to remember that our 101 topics can be listened to in any order and at any time, even if you're alone drinking sake and eating sushi at 3 a.m. Or did I just hit a little too hard for home, Brent? (laughs) First
1: of all, I don't like sake. Uh, I I, I don't like wine in general. So sake, I guess, is uh, I don't like it. But eating sushi at 3 a.m. is on my list of things that I love. So yeah, you, you hit pretty close to home there.
0: All right. So before we get started here, Brent, going into the research, what was the bias that you had about Zcash? So I've never owned
1: any Zcash. My my biases were negative because from what I understood about Zcash is it was pretty much the same as some of these other Z forks, I guess, but it had a giant founder's reward. Um, we'll, We will go into that. Probably It changed a little bit. I got a little bit more positive over the course of my Whoa, research.
0: Spoiler alert, guys. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah. In the past, we've been very willing to admit when we've changed our minds before and after research. I personally did not participate in the research for this, so I'm going to be joining the listeners in trying to figure out my, my opinion on Zcash after this episode. So... I personally had a slightly negative bias towards Zcash, and that mostly stems from a lack of understanding about you know their side of the story. And I've always been aware that I've never understood their side of the story. And I'm sure there's lots to talk about here. So let's go ahead and move on to the company's vision. What is Zcash trying to accomplish? So they
1: are simply trying to be a cryptocurrency that's based off of the Bitcoin protocol that has an option for privacy and that's it. But with without the decentralized governance that Bitcoin provides.
0: All right. So essentially, they're trying to add privacy to Bitcoin. Is that yep. the nuts and bolts of it? Pretty simple. All right.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a very simple mission, which they have definitely accomplished. Spoiler alert.
0: <laughs> All right. So next, we like to move into the history. Give us a little bit of an idea. How did Zcash come about? What is What is in their history to this point? So
1: Zcash started as a protocol called Zero Coin. And basically what they were trying to do was put a protocol on top of Bitcoin that would allow for private, for complete privacy. So I think they started in like 2012 or 13. It then ended up kind of morphing into this Zcash coin when they decided, you know what? We're going to take this protocol and we're going to make our own coin off of it rather than try to put it on Bitcoin. They didn't do an ICO. So in 2016, it was was when they were doing their investment. But it wasn't an ICO. They only raised private investors. So um, it was created by a team of, I think, six. The two main people that are talked about are Zoko Wilcox-O'Hearn and uh, Matthew D. Green, who was a professor at Johns Hopkins University. They got everything started with the private investors. One of the private investors was Roger Vere. Interestingly enough, I'm only mentioning that because when someone does an ICO, they have a responsibility to the community as a whole because they took money from everyone in the community. When someone doesn't do an ICO, they don't have a responsibility to anybody. They have responsibility to themselves and their coin and to do things right. Here, their responsibility seems to be to their private investors. So they have some loyalty here to Mr.
0: So one of the things that I think is really interesting about the development of our research inside this podcast itself I think we would have been very negative about the founders rewards prior to some different types of projects introducing different types of styles to us. Ontology comes to mind where they did no ICO and they kind of pre-mined like 99% of the coins. So there's a lot of different ways to look at a cryptocurrency and that's what we're all learning at this time. I think Zcash is going to be to benefit that we took so long to cover this project because I think our opinions might come out a little differently around the time of this recording than they might have earlier on in our podcast.
1: Yeah, of course, we're evolving with the rest of the space because we're learning along with everybody. We've been very clear about that. I am still going
0: to, <laughs> I'm still going to shit all over them for their founders' reward because that's, I, that's uh, fine. I don't but, like it, but, but. I believe that we have a different view as a team on that concept than we did before.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to explain some of the reasons that it works out and and the reasons. Sure, and I
0: I believe that you're going to back up your pros and cons very solidly. So what other other parts of the history do we want to touch on? The most important part of the history is the ceremony. So
1: this project, and we've talked about this with the other Z-Forks, so I'm going to try not to rehash a ton of what we've talked about, but this is the daddy. This is where we did like three forks off of, of Zcash before we actually covered Zcash, so interesting choice for us in the order that shows how we didn't really care too much about this project as we were, we wanted to do other ones that were based off it. They to create the zk snarks privacy, and I'm going to go into what and how zk snarks privacy works when we get into the specific features and structure. But they had to do what is called the ceremony, and there were six people that all had one piece of the information needed to create this beginning of zero knowledge proofs for zero knowledge proofs to work and to actually be zero knowledge. There had to be a private, not a key, but there was i I don't really understand what it is and why it works, but there was a piece created that all of this technology, even the forks work off of this one ceremony. And if it wasn't destroyed when it was created, then the people who have that power, that capability, could go mess with the blockchain. Now, they can't ever uncover the privacy aspect, but they could go create coins out of nowhere and do all kinds of crazy stuff. So, there is an element of trust to all of the Z coins because the community trusts that this was performed correctly. I don't have any reason to doubt the community. It's just important to know that the ceremony happened and how it worked. So, if any one of the six people destroyed their piece, then it works. So... Even if five of the six decided to collude, if one person decided to do the right thing and destroy it, then everything is fine. Hold on, hold on. Is this like an interesting game of werewolf? It, it certainly like, is game theory related. So,
0: so the the game, the game theory, from what I'm understanding, is there were six people that all had some type of information. If any one of the six destroyed the information, I don't know what that would mean exactly. Then that means the entire chain can be definitely be.
1: No, other way. Proven so. through this. Oh, the other way. So as long as it was destroyed, everything's fine. So as long as one of the six did it.
0: Right. So if any one of the six destroyed the necessary information, then the entire chain functions properly with zero snarks. Right. Correct. Is there any way to make that number larger than six in your research? Oh, there is actually. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that, <laughs> that a, was the first thing that man, came to my I'm mind. I'm jumping ahead. I'm just thinking <laughs> so, out loud. Look, yeah. I'm I'm predicting what the listeners are gonna want to ask, and that's a question I would ask.
1: Yeah. It, well, you didn't jump ahead too far. It's the very next thing. So, oh, when super. I started to do my research, there is a hard fork happening the day we're recording this. We're recording this on June 25th, and there's a hard fork happening today. That is the beginnings of the sapling protocol that they're going to, or the sapling phase that they're going to implement and do. One of the primary points of this is to create a new ceremony called the Power of Tau with an unlimited number of participants. I'm not actually sure how many people are participating. I've seen numbers. I saw 31 and I saw 50. I'm not sure where the, the actual number lies in between those two. But they are creating now a bigger ceremony that is more... Out there where every participant can decide on a different way to randomly generate the key that they're going to use. And then as long as one of the 31 or 50 participants destroys their piece, then it's good. So the more people
0: that participate, the better chance that this happens. The higher chance that somebody decides to do something in the best interest of the entire network. Right. Exactly. Because...
1: Six people could, in theory, collude together. I mean, you see it all the time in boxing when three judges decide to award somebody the win that clearly doesn't deserve it. And I don't understand why boxing still exists that way, because if if you had six judges, it would be exponentially harder to buy them all. And if you had 40, 50, it would be even harder. So now I need to be clear. I do believe the smart people in the community that say this ceremony was carried out properly. Everyone smarter than me agrees this is fine. So I don't see any reason to think that it was necessary to do a different ceremony.
0: It's probably above our mathematical knowledge. There's probably mathematical proofs involved that we don't need to explain to the listeners. But we
1: have mentioned this as a con for every one of the ZK Snarks coins. And everyone, everyone has. Everyone in the community says, but how do we trust that? How do we know other than just trusting the other people that trust it? So... This is how they're going to know. They're going to do the power of Tau. It's going to be usable for other coins. Ethereum is trying to uh, implement CK Snarks as well on their protocol. And the way it works is on Ethereum, if one of the ERC-20 tokens wants to do it, they have to create a new ceremony every time. So the power of Tau would be the same people creating the ceremony each time and and then destroying their pieces. So super, that's super interesting. I'm excited to see how that turns out. We're going to go into exactly all the things that are happening with the hard fork when we get to the features and structures. Sounds good. I know we're going over a lot of information in this episode that you're, you have heard in other episodes because so many of these Z coins are very close. The other thing that I want to talk about is right when this happened, the, the Z cash protocol had a 20% founder's reward. It's only 10% of the total coins overall, but it's 20% of the block reward for the first four years. And. That is massive. So 10 days or 12 days, can't remember the number now, after the Zcash protocol was launched, a fork called ZClassic was launched, like, immediately. So the community has hated this from day one. ZClassic is now completely defunct because the, the team decided to switch to Bitcoin Private, completely put it right up their own coin's ass, and they just... You can listen to our episodes on Bitcoin Private uh, and Z Classic kind of at the same time. Refer to all the times that I hate the fact that I picked Bitcoin Private for my portfolio in the portfolio contest. They,
0: H- how's it doing for you in the portfolio oh,
1: contest? It's just
0: the the reason they
1: forked though. The reason they went to Bitcoin Private is they needed money. They couldn't pay their developers to keep everything going, so they were falling behind. And that is even though I disagree with how much was done and how it was done. It is clear that the result is the Z cash coin is developed much more surreptitiously, and the Z Classic coin is now basically dead.
0: So So this brings up an interesting counterpoint, and this is something we discussed a lot when it comes to decentralization versus centralization. Isn't it fair to say that there are centralized powers that are going to make better decisions than somebody like myself? could while participating in a decentralized network? I think the answer is clearly yes. It's the trust that needs to be formed in order to allow that. I would trust Charles Hoskinson with centralization in some fashion, but that's because I trust his intentions. So it's very difficult to understand where you want to draw these lines, in my opinion.
1: And and I agree that he seems to be a very uh, virtuous individual, but at some point, he would be presented with a with a situation where he needs to make a decision that is actively against his own interests is he going, how many times is he going to make that decision correctly when it is specifically hurting him to do it you know somebody like our current president is never going to make that decision each different person has a breaking point and it's very tough to to keep centralized power that way that's why i have issues with it but we're going to see later in the episode that they are slightly decentralized in governance, but completely decentralized in network. So I'll go over a little bit more about that. But it's important to know the community hated the, the founder's reward because the Z Classic is now defunct. It almost seems like it proves it. Uh, ZenCash is another one that we've covered that is a, f- at one point, a fork of, uh, Z Classic or Zcash was actually Z Classic fork, but they, u- they have a treasury model also, which a percentage of each of the block rewards goes to that. What I like more about that, because it's 10%, which is the same number, but the, the 10% for the Z classic or the Z cash coin, I'm going to mix these up or there's so many Z's everywhere. Uh, <laughs> the difference is it's completely front loaded on Z cash. So it's front loaded and a big portion of it is being paid out to investors. So it is like in four years there's nothing more coming from the zcash coin to the developers they've got everything
0: the zcash gravy train is gonna end eventually right.
1: zen is treasury forever dash treasury forever this is stopping very quickly so are they they have no incentive to keep doing it past that depending on what they do to establish maybe by that point they've decided to implement one of the dows that iohk is developing or something who knows but right now that's my biggest problem anyway we're covering a lot of information that we've covered in other episodes. I got sidetracked here. I went on a little bit of a tangent. I think it's important to discuss why privacy matters because we've t- we've touched on it a little bit. And I feel like as we get going, this could be a long section. I could be completely wrong too. But there are other factors that I, I actually hadn't thought about. And I saw a post by Vitalik that pointed them out, made a lot of sense. And I'd like to talk about those because they were internalized, but I had never articulately explain those feelings that I have about privacy so here's what we always talk about right when we we talk about privacy we'll say things like I don't know maybe me and Mike have a conversation where we talk about buying pieces of people in poker and we're in like a crazy regime where all of a sudden a a person comes to power that decides that gambling is evil it's the devil and that anybody who gambles needs to be put in prison and then because they have a lot of power, they've decided, you know what? Actually, anybody who's ever gambled needs to be put in prison. And they go back and they say, okay, now we're going to put pressure on Facebook to release their messages. And we know Facebook isn't going to give a shit about privacy. So they're going to release them. And we're going to see that Mike and I have talked about buying pieces of people in poker. So now all of a sudden something that we did that wasn't supposed to be illegal, that wasn't supposed to be anything that we were doing wrong is being used against us in the United States. That's not something we really have to worry about. We have the most close thing to a fascist leader that we've ever had and really his power is still in check so we're not as open to that as somewhere like iraq for instance where a power vacuum comes in and somebody very radical that is opposite of what things were ends up taking over and maybe they decide that if you've ever mentioned jesus in a message or something that they're going to look into you or they're going to surveil you or whatever so that's the that's the that's one of the big arguments that i like to point out with privacy but there's more so we're going to link the post in the subreddit that I'm referring to with Vitalik if you want to read his specific thoughts, but I'm just going to sum it up here. Self-defense is a reason that privacy matters, not just from your government, but from corporations that want to look into what you do and what you, what you spend your money on and use that against you or individuals. For instance, the Facebook scandal recently where they were able to look into your post history to look into everything you've ever commented on and then use that to decide which ads to
0: show you when. The- well, that one went even further than that. They were able to, they were able to track all your phone calls. Yes. All the text messages you sent out of your phones, like really, really, really private personal information that like a lot of people don't want out there. And I believe we were t- talking about a story. I'm not sure if this was on air or off air at any point recently, but. There was some websites that were blackmailing people for for mugshots and they were demanding ransom to take their mugshots down. Like, these are things that, like, you can be bullied with your information. You can be extorted for your information.
1: Even now, when you're talking about mugshots, you're talking about whatever. You did something illegal and whatever. But no, like, imagine if somebody had your bank account out there to look at and not just, like, scrutinize but to leverage that to see, okay, like – Amazon can see where I spend my money on Amazon, but they can't see where I spend my money on Newegg. So if they can see everything, they can find a way to move me to Amazon. So that information is great for a corporate entity to have because they can manipulate you with that information. But for you, it is a self-defense mechanism to have privacy. So as Bitcoin or any other non-private coin becomes more ubiquitous, you are opening yourself up to the possibility of somebody looking at your wallet history and using that to their advantage in some way. So that's a clearly one of the reasons that you want to have privacy as a whole groups of people aren't always virtuous. So when one of the in a vacuum, you think, well, if everybody sees what everybody's spending, then we know when people are spending money to like finance terrorism, or we know when they're spending money incorrectly, but people can get it wrong. They can go after somebody and create this mob mentality and create a witch hunt when it's not either virtuous or correct. For instance, when the Boston Marathon bombing happened, it was a big story on everywhere, but Reddit was pouring through pictures and cameras and different things to find who these bombers were, and they found the wrong person. But they had enough little tiny evidence and everybody's emotions were running so high that basically all of Reddit was like, this is the guy. And they started harassing, attacking, like trying to ruin that person's life before the police got to it. And it turns out this wasn't the real person. So you've got to be careful that, pe- that groups of people as a whole may decide, okay, go around, find some information, make some connections that don't, that don't exist.
0: Well, and I wish Kareem was here to respond to this, but unfortunately, this is the reason that our legal system is necessary. And, you know, I, I have personal opinions on, you know, the need for lawyers overall, but they're a very important necessary evil in society because I don't believe that police officers, government employees, any, you know, fire department, even that they always have my best interest in mind. And that's what people love and respect so much about the United States is that you are innocent until proven guilty. And as long as that remains something that we are allegedly supposed to believe in, I think privacy is as important as anything can be.
1: Yep. Privacy definitely matters that there's pros and cons to the U.S. legal system. Obviously, a lot of people get off that don't deserve to get off because they have a lot of money. You know, and a lot of people go to jail, don't deserve to go to jail because they don't have a lot of money. So it's it's certainly better than the alternative of just like leave it up to the police or whatever. So a lot of lot that's an entire other thing going crazy. So we'll stick with the privacy, how it relates to these coins and why privacy coins matter for and this is of course like mattering for non To Everybody says privacy coins, oh, you just wanna buy weed, you want to buy drugs, you wanna do bad
0: things on the (laughs) dark net.
1: Like, yeah, that they're being used for that
0: purchase rocket launchers and you
1: know buy children privacy coins are being used for that they will be used for that anything that is untraceable will be used for illegal activity cash is used for illegal activity but there are a lot of reasons you have to get past that you have to get past the if you have nothing to hide it doesn't
0: matter thing well here's the here's the interesting thing about this before i got into crypto very few of my friends i would have assumed take the privacy measures that they take but very good wholesome Good contributors to taxpaying citizens, people that are really great for the, for the world are people that are focused on this privacy stuff. Crypto itself really opened my eyes to – it's funny because, yeah, it's privacy. People don't talk about it. That's why. It's yeah. something that they keep internalized because it's privacy. That's the topic. Mm-hmm.
1: So that is actually a great segue into the final one of these that I'm going to talk about, which is signaling. Signaling is something that all of us do in our lives, which is when we know others can see or hear what we're saying, we are very careful about what we say and what we do. So there are things that we would say in private to like a very trusted person that we would never say in public or post on Facebook or post on Twitter. And we talk about this all the time with somebody like, like David Sunstabo from IOTA. He clearly doesn't think about signaling as much as others when he is kind of going off on people or whatever. So, but we do most of our interactions that involve others looking at what we're doing require because of social pressures require us to signal in some fashion. We're doing it right now as a podcast. We, uh, anybody who posts any social media is always doing it, but you have to be very cognizant of the fact that everyone is going to be seeing and examining what you're doing. Um, this is usually in pop in popular culture right now this is a lot of times referred to not referred to it a very small piece of signaling is popular because of political movements is uh uh, virtue signaling where somebody will be on social media just talking about you know how everybody needs to save the environment they need to stop calling people names that kind of stuff and making it seem as if they're super they're extremely virtuous and that's where people will break down and have issues with uh with what they're saying because they're like damn they're going way over the top like i know this person i know they're not like that so without getting into the politics of any of that stuff the signaling point is what if you had to start signaling with what you were purchasing what if you no longer could just buy something and be like you know what i wanted to you know what i'm not gonna say it i'm not gonna say it i almost said the word that you guys don't want me to say (laughs) <laughs> but uh, what what if I want to buy I don't know like Pokemon toys and I want people to know that I'm buying Pokemon toys.
0: Well, I actually have a I have a great I have a great example a real life example from a personal friend of both of ours that wasn't able to play poker tournaments under his real name for fear of getting fired from his job for participating in poker tournaments and c- in gambling activities. Uh, a major Wall Street company. Uh, has threatened to fire him multiple times for participating in open, with his own money, open entry poker tournaments. And just because there's reporting done at those properties that report the results and include his name or may update a story about what's going on, that if, if clients were to Google his name, that was coming up more than the Wall Street Company's, you know, <laughs> profile. That was a big problem to them. So, Yeah. Privacy is so important in so many ways. And and I have a seven-year-old daughter and I'm talking to her about it now. Like, Her world is going to be so much different than mine because everything is chronicalized. Everything is going to come back to haunt you. Everything that she's going to say to somebody has a chance of coming back to me or to her mom or to the parents of the child she said it to or to her principal. Just there's so many different ways that I have to raise my child than I had to worry about, even though I grew up in the 90s. So,
1: all of that, that's, that's pretty much the end of it, but you don't want to have to worry about thinking about the implications of your entire bank account spending signaling that you are a bad person or signaling that you're a good person. You shouldn't have to worry about donating to something every week to make sure people think that you're a good person or whatever. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different aspects to privacy and a lot of reasons that the option to be private is very good. Now, I do not believe that corporations have the inherent right to privacy i believe that individuals do so you'll notice that when i talk about for instance uh wanting to have obfuscation for DAOs or just a a company in general when they're spending or politicians there are things like that once you're in that position where you represent the people or your responsibility is supposed to be to your customers you are now in a position where i do not feel you're entitled to the privacy. so it's weird cuz like i i consider privacy a per, uh, right and i do a lot of steps to protect myself and we've we've been discussing before we even launched this episode we're going to talk about that on the podcast one day we're going to talk about the different steps that i take or don't take and steps that you can take to increase your privacy and lower your footprint overall.
0: I'm really looking forward to that episode. I know I've bugged you a lot about it. I, I want to get preferably both Kareem and Brent together and just talk about what steps they take to protect themselves. And I think it could be really beneficial to myself, the listeners, and anybody that wants to chime in.
1: So look for that in the future. And uh, that's it. That's my that's my privacy rant for now. Just explaining why right. something like Zcash or Zen or Monero is yeah,
0: needed. Yeah, and. and, and I'm glad that ended up in, in the history section because I, I think it's really important before we get into the features and structures. Well, we are going to get into the rapid fire first, but before we do that, I think it's really important to know what got us here, how we, how we came to these decisions. And, and there's a lot of complex history with this coin and all the forks involved. So great job going over that. Rants aside, we still did, uh, cover that pretty well. So good job, Brent. Let's move on to the rapid fire section. All right, Brett, question one. Is it a coin, a token, or a platform? It is a coin. A rare coin. All right. Is it yeah, decentralized?
1: I seeing, sorry, I remember seeing things about Z apps, but I don't know how they work. So
0: let's go, we're going with a coin for now. <laughs> All right. That's probably just some side chain action. Uh, it might have been specific to Ethereum. Gotcha. Is it proof of work or proof of
1: stake? We, we kind of skipped decentralized. They are not decentralized in okay. governance. They are decentralized in network. The, okay. So the the proof of and it is proof of work. So they're proof of work and therefore decentralized as far as the network is concerned. But all decisions are not decentralized. They're made by gotcha. either a company or soon a foundation.
0: Uh, I'm gonna guess their mainnet is it live. Yes, I, I we switched so, the rapid so to Bitcoin include this exists? one.
1: Yeah, this one is in it, here because a right. lot of these coins don't have mainnets. This one does.
0: All right. The the Our favorite part of, of this uh, rapid fire section Does it sound cool You know what it
1: does sound cool It rolls off the tongue I like it the only small issue I have with it Is there's so many damn coins to start with Z That I kind of get it wrong Sometimes talking about Z coin Z cash Zen Z classic But yes I do think it sounds cool And as long as you know that Z stands for zero knowledge Cash is coined between each other very succinct name and it works.
0: I'm actually going to disagree with you. I actually don't oh, like big this one. I actually, it, no, it's super interesting that I feel like we'd never agree on this question. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to use the exact same reason. Like, I know that there were a lot of issues with people with Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin mixing those up with each other, but that also assumes that Bitcoin's a daddy. So, like, almost everyone should know what Bitcoin is. And Bitcoin Cash is still super large and they mess that up. I can't imagine the nightmares going on in these networks <laughs> with transactions going to the wrong addresses and things going around. I think this is almost impossible for mass adoption with this many ZXs. Not not a fan. I didn't even I like think
1: the, about the fact that their addresses could be the same.
0: I like the cash part of it. it Zcash does flow. If Zcash were the loan fork on this, I think it would be a great marketing. But at this point, in hindsight, I feel like it's not good. All right. All righty. Fe- features points. and structures
1: time. 33 minutes into this recording and we're just getting to features and structures. I like it.
0: Yeah, usually we save our rant at the end, but uh
1: yeah, I'm going to truncate this one a little bit because we have so many episodes where we've kind of gone over the same thing. But the most important thing to understand is Zcash uses zk-snarks. So, what is zk-snarks? It is long acronym, but I'm just going to give the example that puts it into the best perspective for me. It is zero knowledge proofs. That is, somebody can prove something without knowing anything specific about it. Without without revealing their knowledge. Without revealing it, yes. So, like, here is, Kareem's used this example before, and I just, in case you hadn't heard it somewhere else. If Mike were colorblind, and he had two balls, and and one ball was green and one ball was blue, and he couldn't tell the difference, I could prove to him that they were different balls, even though in every way they were the same. And the way I could prove that to him was I would tell him to put those balls behind his back and I will tell him if he switched the balls or not. And when he brings them back out, I can say, yes, you switched them or no, you did not switch them. And I could get that right on a guess one time, but as he does it seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times, it is impossible for me to get that right just on a guess. So, well, although theoretically possible, damn near impossible for me to keep guessing which one is. So it'll become clear to him as it goes on that I can actually tell which one of those balls is red and green because I can always tell whether he switched them or not. So that is kind of the quick version of how this privacy works. So it's not like passed around between a bunch of hands like uh, like something like the ring CTs in Monero. This is just straight up these. This privacy encryption appears to be unable to be broken. I will mention a downside to this is that the team that created zero coin and the t- or i'm sorry the yeah zero coin protocol and the zcash developer team are basically the experts on this particular protocol so there are not nearly as many people who understand this as understand some of the other privacy options so that makes it a little bit tough to make sure that their open source code is flawless and it also means that many coins in the future are going to rely on their expertise. So just a, something to mention there. So Zcash has the ability to send privately. Currently, and I, I checked, there were so many numbers on this that I actually found a way to check this accurately. Based on the last 30 days, 8% of all transactions were shielded, were either partially shielded or fully shielded. This means that 92% of the transactions are transparent. Now, why is this the case? It is the case because even though the default release to the miners is private, almost all miners immediately turn these into public coins, mostly because it's mining pools that are sending them out to their people and they need to be able to say that they've done it the right way. So these coins get into the ecosystem as non-private and then you have to make a choice to send private. There's another reason for that. The ledger nano and the trezor, the two main hardware wallets do not function with the privacy part of the coin. So they have to be sent transparent. So even though the community will give us a backlash on this, the default is not private. Even though when the, the mining is released, the coins are released in their private state. The default end user needs to take steps to make these coins private. So they are. Defaulting to public. And I wish there was one of these and, and it's all like that. So I, I consider it a con, but every privacy coin that can do either or has this exact same con. I wish there was a coin that was default private that you could choose to make public if you were a company or if you were a politician or something of that nature. So... That's how they. That's how they function. That's how they get the privacy. The coin itself and the development is controlled by the Zero Coin Electric Coin Company or Zcash Company for short. They intend to give up operation control to the Zcash Foundation, which was recently started off of some of the founders' rewards.
0: I want to rewind you just a little bit here, real quick. I want to go back to your your other comments and your your frequent discussions about preferring all privacy uh, or privacy as a default. Versus the occasional privacy. And I'm, and I'm trying to visualize in my mind what that looks like or how you have a fully private network. And I'm, and I'm having trouble visualizing it. And the one thing that like came to my mind and I was trying to, th- I was trying to think of this big forest and let's, let's pretend there's like four entrances and four on the west and four exits on the right. You need the entrances, exits. You can privatize the path. And a lot of, like, we don't know if you enter the forest on one side, you could come out of any of the four other exits. I mean, obviously these numbers can be whatever. You can privatize the journey, but I think it's really difficult to verify that the network contains no double spend as well as have a network that's 95%. Let's actually say 92% private because the likelihood of somebody willingly going public is probably less than the people willing to go private. I would assume.
1: Right. Well, it's, it's so it's different now the the forest analogy doesn't really apply to the zero knowledge proofs, but it would apply to something like the ring CT from Monero where you're dancing around there and you don't really know where you went before you came out. The reason I think that the default matters is because the choice to make it private, like having to go out of your way to make something private to me is a breach of privacy. Like, I chose to make it private. Fundamentally, I, co- I choose to do that.
0: Fundamentally, I completely understand why you prefer this. But I'm saying, practically yeah. speaking, I see huge errors in the privacy concepts. And, and maybe I'm using my visual in the wrong protocol. But how do you, I can how be, do you start out I can by be wrong naming all possible. the colors? How do you start out by by if both parties are colorblind, how do you start out with zero knowledge?
1: Well, that the now, the zero knowledge proofs the reason the colorblind thing works is because of the ceremony. so that this definitely works now there is a lot more computing power required to send a private transaction on top of a couple of other things so the coin defaulting that way would be a burden on the network i understand that so i don't know if there is a way like monero could not function if it had the option to be a uh, non-private transaction so it's maybe something that's not even possible because there isn't a coin out there that I've discovered that does it. So maybe the reason for that is it's not possible or it's not practical,
0: but I would like that. Sure. So I don't know. I don't know enough about the I way coding just works. Providing a counterpoint in my brain as yep. to what seems like a complication theoretically. Yep. All right. So I'll go, I'll, I'll keep going about
1: the, uh, about the Zcash foundation and the governance Sounds because good. this is interesting. So currently it's being run by a company. And one of the issues with especially a privacy coin being run by a company is there's somebody to sue. So what happens if they're sued and they're told they need to give up all of the information of everything on the blockchain? Well, in this case, it doesn't matter because they can't because of the way the zero knowledge proofs work. They don't have that information anyway. So they the company can't be sued and then have to give up all of your information. But the company could be sued and be required to stop working on the project. And now all of the developers who actually understand this and know what to do are no longer able to do it, which that could be a problem. The company is also...
0: I had this funny vision of a Karate Kid movie where they're teaching the zero-knowledge proofs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go on. Like,
1: ball on, ball off. So, they've got this foundation that they created, and they gave 1.4% of the network total to them, I think, or around 15%. So, around 15% of... The 10% that the Zcash corporation has achieved has been sent to this foundation, and the foundation is supposed to take control of the coin to make it more decentralized. And they had elections for the, I'm doing air quotes here that you can't see, but they.
0: Yeah, I was going (laughs) to say, I hope that the lack of uh, fingers doesn't take away from my air quotes. (laughs) They did,
1: they did elections for the board members of the Zcash foundation. How do they do an election? Well, how does an election work, Mike? You let everybody vote, right? Like everybody who's got a coin can vote. Everybody who shows up to an area can vote, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's an election. Now, <laughs> they picked 200 people that were allowed to vote on the board members for the Zcash, uh, the Z- the Zcash Foundation. So
0: that 200 people that seems pretty easy to centralize.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know the process for how they picked them. As far as I can tell, it wasn't random. So
0: look. Brent, I guarantee you that I could pick 200 people out of our Discord that could vote for us for anything.
1: Yes. There, there, are, I, so, I, I absolutely I could pick, I could pick 200 people that would vote for me over the two of you, or you could pick 200 people that would vote for you over the two of us. Like, there, there is clearly a conflict of interest there. So they made it, I, I don't like this at all. They made it look like, ah, oh, we're decentralized, cool, because we have this like foundation, it's non profit, everything's fine, but they pick the people who are running it. So, their thought on that matter is well we don't want random people voting because they don't understand
0: that's fair i mean they are they are claiming to be the the most knowledgeable in this particular protocol is that fair it is
1: it just isn't a democratic or decentralized process like if we only allowed the people who understood politics to vote you and i would not be allowed to vote but kareem would <laughs> so
0: and here's the problem that I have, and and we've talked on this a bunch, I'm just going to rehash it, but like, there's very few people that we're going to put in charge of, say, our Discord server, because it's it's something that needs to be centralized, because our goals, our process, our governance, it needs to be set by our rules because we're the company and our interests are protected by the way that everything goes down. Mm-hmm. Similarly, this company I understand they they have to maintain protection of the network in some ways like this can't be something that's always brushed aside.
1: Yeah, no. I get the argument for centralization, but again, my own personal go- my own personal feelings are eventually that will corrupt the person with the power. So if we decide to start kicking out people that Say I don't know. Crypto Basic is not the best, but they're four stars, not five. I don't know, whatever. But that we are not pretending to be decentralized. I'm not saying like, guys, we have a decentralized podcast process. Yeah, this and this then, is fair. And then we come in and oh, it turns out we're not really. So that's that's why. Anyway, one thing I I will say: the allocation so far that they've chosen to do with their founders' reward. Is 15% like we said to the ZenCash Foundation or Z, not Z, <laughs> Zcash Foundation. God damn it. Zcash Foundation. <laughs> 23% went to the Zcash Strategic Reserve. Uh, don't know really what that is. 15% went back to the investors, the people who originally paid to get this project off the ground. Like I said, they are much like a normal stock is beholden to their shareholders. They had a sense of responsibility to the people who invested to get the project off the ground, like Roger. So, the reason I mentioned him is because we di- we dislike the way he functions in the crypto community, and they have interests aligned with him. So, it's a very, very minimal, minimal – I'm not even going to mention it on the cons, but it's, it's important to mention. And then
0: 50 50- – I'm sure he just saw the word cash and probably threw all his
1: money at it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then 57% goes to the founders, employees, and advisors. So – they they do make a big point of like oh we gave all this money to the foundation they still have m- more than three times the amount of money being sent their way so yeah they did they did start a foundation they get they did put a little bit of money towards that foundation but most most of the windfall is going towards the the zcash people I will say that like we said earlier this has led to better development and we're going to talk about the sapling implementation shortly but the this has led to better development. Their coin is significantly more successful than the ten, the fork that came 10 days after. And you do need to pay people to work on things. It's how the world works. So I wish it was a DAO. Not just like these guys get the money in four years. And now at four years, what's going to happen? My guess is that if they don't find a way to slowly release that money versus let them have all of it, that this coin will stop being developed. but Or stop being developed well. You can only continue to work for free because you already have the money you're not getting anything extra you can only continue to work for free for so long after off of your morals before you're like you know what i'm just gonna go play some poker so sapling we, we mentioned that now i don't know a ton about what happened when it launched because it launched to the the beginnings launched today but it's addressing some of the problems with the zcash protocol one of the biggest problems is for sending one of those transactions, I said that the, uh, that the private transactions were hogs on resources, you need to dedicate three gigabytes of RAM to that transaction. Now, most computers have more than that, but they use it. So if you're sending a private transaction, you are now using the best computers. This would be using 10% of their total available RAM just to send a transaction, which is nuts. Uh, They're reducing it to 40 megabytes, going from three <laughs> gigabytes to 40 megabytes.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Before you go on, as I'm reading your notes, I thought it was 40 gigabytes. Oh, I thought just that like, I typoed. No, no, no. Not that you typoed, that you actually got it right, and that was the real answer. I thought like this new voting process or this new 31-member situation was going to make the requirements more than 10x. Or they were oh, like no. 13x in requirements, and it was going to be like unsustainable, except for supercomputers or something. Yep. All right. So um, there. Cliff notes. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I did. To be
1: fair, I did not explain that. And like, I just wrote like a little thing, and I knew what I was talking about. But there's no way to off my note figure out what I was going to say. There is new tech being added so that you can use private transactions on a Ledger Nano or a Trezor. So one of the main reasons that I think that they're not getting as many private transactions is many people will hold and spend their coins from those hardware wallets, especially if they listen to us.
0: And, Mike, you can, of course, get your Ledger Nano S from our show notes, correct? The show notes, actually, <laughs> I if we have a second one sold, I just sent a link to somebody that was asking. Oh. So you're welcome. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. If I we sell that. how many more, seven more we can actually <laughs> we cash might out? We get some money from it. Yeah, that'd be huge. I, and I Hold on, I think if we sell 20, we get a free one. Is that kind of how it works? Do
1: all we right.
0: got a punch card for, net, for Ledger's? <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> let's get that punch card going. So that'll be cool. And also the proving time for the zero-knowledge proofs is going to go down from 37 seconds to 7. So they're reducing a lot of the load on the network itself, realizing that that stuff all exponentially gets bigger. So there's, there's a lot of other things that are happening with Sapling that aren't going to really affect the end user too much. But the, I think that I'm just guessing here from the, the Sapling upgrade, they are going to get a more, oh, they're also coming out with a more user friendly wallet. So the, the wallet right now is not particularly user friendly. So it's going to be more user friendly. It's going to be quicker. It's going to be easier to do based on computer requirements. And they're going to let people use their, their hardware tech. So. All that in addition to them being one of the few coins that's allowed to be traded in the United States on the exchanges that are allowed to operate, like Gemini, Coinbase, that kind of thing. Zcash is on Gemini. So they're one of the major onboarding ramps in the U.S. Gemini only has Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Zcash. They only have three total coins. Not that we use them anymore. We don't recommend that. They got a little bit shady. Their fees went really high. But it's it's important to note that Zcash is in a unique position where they are a privacy coin, but... The U.S. has been willing to regulate them so far.
0: It's certainly helpful. Anything else you want to touch on with the features and structures, the technology?
1: No, man, I thought this was going to be a much quicker episode.
0: The meaning of life.
1: Oh, sorry. I just talked over you. Uh, I thought this was going to be a much easier episode
0: to record, and we wouldn't be this far into it. But here we are. (laughs) Hey, I just think we make a great team. It is what it is. So let's go ahead and uh, move it on to the pros and the cons. I'm going to go ahead and regurgitate some of our pros to kind of mix it up a little bit. What we like and what we've discussed is that they have the privacy and transparent option to include. We'd rather have some than none. But unfortunately, um, I think you said it was about 8% of the transactions at this time. All right. And uh, we love the ZK Snarks protocol. We've touched on this in other episodes. It's a very useful tool for Sharing the fact that you can prove something without actually being able to give the answer away, or or give the answer to the person that may not know it,
1: and the smart people in the community think that that is the the best privacy protocol. I don't know, but it seems to be the overarching winner. Even though Monero is currently the best privacy coin because they're always private, this one seems to be a better privacy protocol overall. I'm not sure though. I don't know. Just saying. Gotcha.
0: Uh, we like that. Their team is well-developed. Their programmers, they're they're well-paid. And, you know, we've talked about this a lot. I think there's a massive shortage in programmers, coders, developers, every single team, whether it's Binance or whether it's Coinbase or whether it's actual crypto projects like Zcash, every one of them would hire a lot of people if they could. And they're way behind and they don't even have, you know, the, the ability to train a lot of these people because they're trying so hard to get their roadmaps completed. But, you know, I like that they have the ability to fund these types of programmers. And, you know, uh, Z Classic fell apart, as we mentioned earlier, because of lack of, you know, funding. And that was. Yeah. And
1: then they tricked everybody into giving them funding and then shit all over them.
0: Why don't you go ahead and cover some of the cons here while we're, while we're flowing? Uh, all right. I, there, there's a couple. Do you want to finish the pros
1: or I'll come back. I'll circle back. Okay. So the massive founder tax is a problem. It's not only a problem because it's huge. Ten percent of everything going to a group of six people or however many I think there were six is bad. Like it is not, especially being completely front loaded. Like, so where
0: it is. do you draw this arbitrary
1: line in the sand, Brent? I it's bad because it's going to individuals. It's not going to a DAO. I don't like any of the pre mines that go to individuals. And I also have issue. Like, if it went to the if it went directly to the miners, if it went to
0: uh, development funds. Here's what I feel happens in these situations pretty often. And it wouldn't shock me if this happens with Zcash. Once they trust enough people to like understand the protocol and make the best game theory decisions on the protocol, I expect these things to grow Maybe. as the years go by, as the team gets bigger and they can actually teach people this is what our goals are. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is the math behind it. These are the next steps we're taking. I feel like these have to grow from the inside. They have to incubate their own thousand governments which yes, that is a form of centralization still, but at the same time, this is the same problem we have the US election. People that are unqualified are voting and that's also a problem.
1: Yep. It's tough to come up with a solution, but I don't think the solution is give it to six people and hope they do the right thing.
0: And that's fine. I'm mean, not. I'm not saying that's exactly right. I'm more saying these are really arbitrary places for us as a team to draw lines. Yeah, I'm fine with you saying this is too much, and I probably agree with you mostly. But just you know, skeptic side, just trying to discuss. What I keep would saying make six. Sense.
1: I'm. I'm aware that the that the LLC is could, is probably managed by more than six people the six people were the ones who created the ceremony they're the founders so and they called it a founder's reward like they didn't call anything else so and 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 again i have a much bigger issue with with the fact that it's completely front-loaded so there's a point where they're just no longer incentivized to help this network in any way and it's completely controlled by them not the miners so who knows what they do with that maybe they decide to be like you know what all right we'll give control to the miners or i don't know i see that as a really big anti-incentive. That I don't like that their responsibility is to the private investors rather than now I I get their responsibility is to make their coin the most ubiquitous and the highest price. But their responsibility when choosing what to do is going to be to their investors first, not to the community first, just from a perspective of biases and what they're doing with that. So like we said, when somebody does an ICO, they have a responsibility to be decentralized because they took so much money from so many people. If they do a private investment, this is where they their loyalties lie. All Zcash forks have this caveat. You have to trust the original ceremony. I like that they're bringing in the power of Tao so that you can trust it more. But you still have to trust that, that happened. Now, we I want to be very clear again. We trust that it happened. But you need to do your own research and find out why we believe that rather than just take our word for it. The centralization under the LLC is a problem simply because of legal activities, not because you can ever have anything found out about your involvement or what you've been doing with the coin, but that production could just shut down if they were ever sued. And again, this is, again, anything with just optional privacy makes you think, what are you trying to hide? Why did you want to send that private? So even though it's not a valid argument, it is something that
0: is brought up and thought of. So I... There is more of a cost. To you. I think it's. I think it's a very valid argument. I think that none of your business is also a valid response. Yeah. But I think it's a valid thing to bring up. Yep.
1: And like I said, there's
0: no coin that has the
1: option to do public while defaulting to private. So we're we're getting there, though. I know, like somebody like Zencash is trying to incentivize private transactions more by giving more mining reward and that kind of thing. So
0: yeah. The the we talk about the seesaw algorithm very specifically when it comes to two different types of tiers of nodes but i also think more abstractly a seesaw algorithm you know if you think about there's so many needs of a team the developers the users there's all these people that have their needs and every need should be met to a certain level and that's some of the things that zcash is providing is some of the privacy options is part of the needs for a lot of the users of the network I'm going to go ahead and touch on a few more of the pros here. Um, One of the ones that's super important. And I think is we should have mentioned it earlier, if we didn't, the very low fees, the fact that this is trying to correct on some of the ways that the original Bitcoin was a little bit clunky. Um, And I'm and I'm curious, Brent, can you re-discuss the concept of fungibility and non-fungibility? Yeah. Just as a quick reminder to myself and to the listeners as to why that's important. The first thing I'm going to say is
1: on the fees, they're really low, like half a cent to move a coin. So at least the equivalent of right now.
0: Is that through the official wallet?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I and I just went on one of the sites that ch- that compares the transaction fees. So
0: one of the things that I mixed up very early on was. I forgot that transaction fees off of exchanges are completely independent of transaction fees on the network. So, (laughs) you know, it's super important to know what your withdrawal fees are going to look like on the actual exchanges. Usually it's somewhere in the, you know, one one hundredth to one one thousandth of a coin. Unless it's a very, you know, small price per coin, you might end up paying ten full coins, to withdraw a hundred coins, so that's why it's super important to make sure, yeah, that you check those independently. Yep, Binance. But anyways, is
1: the only issue I have with Binance is their withdraw- withdrawal fees are very high. So fungibility is basically the ability of everything to be worth exactly the same, no matter what happened to it. So it, in terms of cryptocurrency, uh, there are coins that get involved in hacks, or there's on the other side, there's a coin that gets involved in, say, Justin Bieber owned this coin. And you can track that. So you can know that the Bitcoin that you're holding used to belong to Justin Bieber. So that would theoretically increase its value. You can also know that the Bitcoin you're holding was part of a hack. And now you don't know if it's going to be accepted at other places because they've said we're not going to allow these coins to be spent at our location. So that theoretically lowers the value. With complete fungibility, it doesn't matter because there's no history of these coins. And with just going to fiat, if you rob a bank with sequential bills those serial numbers are not going to be accepted. So the money will be worth a little bit less. Complete fungibility means that every single one of those is always equal to every single one of those. So every private coin here, you can never trace where it was before. So it will always be equivalent in value to another one of the private coins.
0: I had an interesting thought on a on an interesting use case for blockchain. If there's going to be a point where... I bet the banks are gonna be able to run all the bills through a counting machine and, and and log the serial numbers for every bill inside the bank on a blockchain and to literally know the guy comes in and robs the bank and like the bills are gonna have like a little chip inside of them to like scan its ver its like validity. We're gonna make literal printed blockchain bills. And I think that these are people are just going to walk in, steal the money, walk out, and the money's just not going to be accepted anywhere. It's going to be almost like a. uh, I see that as an interesting use case. That's probably thirty years away.
1: Or we just won't have any cash anymore, and then they can't rob banks. (laughs) Like they come in and they're like,
0: "Give me your private keys, motherfucker." (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Like, I really don't think we're heading towards a cashless society. I don't see that being a thing.
1: It may someday. I, I don't know if it's our lifetime or not, but
0: I feel like there's too many like wealthy farmers in America that just won't let that happen. <laughs> Finally, one more thing I want to say about
1: the pros because I didn't touch on this when I was talking about sapling. They have a, an iOS and Android app that can do private transactions, which is not possible as far as I know with any. I don't even think Monero has that. So the private transactions can be executed in a mobile wallet and it appears to be safe so far and i don't think it's been released but the community seemed to think that it was that it was good to go so it's a fine and
0: they're way. hoping that's going to come out with the the sapling yeah, update that I, they're doing it's literally happening right today. now
1: so i don't know what all right this is going to come out like a week after but we're recording it right in the middle of
0: it you know what that reminds me of if they have a five dollar sign up bonus like cash app does and you can find that in our <laughs> show notes maybe we could be on to something here yeah. Uh, i love the plug guys sorry all right brent where could you buy Zcash if you were interested
1: everywhere i mean li- it's it's available on everything but coinbase even gemini like all the big onboarding ramps anywhere you want to get
0: it you can get it all right who is the competition in your opinion
1: competition is a lot of the other privacy coins and of course like the other z's so monero z classic bitcoin private pivx zen dash i'm sure i missed others but those kinds of coins.
0: Well, you definitely missed Verge. Uh Verge
1: is competition for some coins, yes. But we're not doing a BitConnect 101, so it's not competition. <laughs> no.
0: Verge Code. Give me that Verge. All right, let's wrap it up a little bit here. It's kind of been a little bit of a long episode, but been very action-packed in my opinion. Brent, give me your personal future outlook all
1: right so i've kind of alluded to it a lot over this episode but my personal future outlook on this coin is i can see this company driving adoption to the coin and i can see the serious problems when they're no longer getting paid so in two more years because this happened in 2016 in 2020 when all those founders rewards are gone if we haven't seen a new way to spread those rewards out over a longer period of time a democratically elected dow or Something in there. This coin is going to have a big problem. Maybe in like 2021 or 2022, where they're just having issues developing. They're going to need to fork. They're going to try to implement the founder's reward again. It's therefore going to be higher than 10%. So that is my fear. And I actually, I think it's valid enough that unless things change, that's what it's going to be. So I do not see this being the premier privacy coin in the long haul, but it may in the near future.
0: So just kind of my personal future history, the one that I think that really applies here is that I do not respect the fact that it seems like the Z community has become very fork friendly. And Brent alluded to this in his version of this. But I really feel like whenever things like aren't going their way, they're just going to fork into a new direction with a new set of rules, everything along those lines. I don't I would be shocked if Zcash itself is still in existence in 2022, but I'm sure the whole community will still be involved in crypto somehow. And that, that's not to necessarily take anything away from the Zcash because itself, because oftentimes those forks are direct correlations of owning particular coins. So you're just going to branch off into different blockchains. Brett makes a great point about the developer rewards. I see that being a problem. You know what? I personally think that forks should be a nuclear option.
1: Here's what's happening. But- the reason these forks are happening is because... The community is very like they they hate the founders reward. So the forks are happening because they're like, we love this privacy. We love ZK snarks, but we hate what they did here. Like there's no reason for this. So they're forking and getting rid of it and changing
0: it into other things. That's all like none of the forks have the founders reward. You know, like I really see both sides of this argument. I really do. There's no such thing as a patent in the crypto space. Who knows how much work went into creating this protocol and people can just come and rip it off whenever they feel like it. If it is the daddy, if it is the king, if it is the current heir to the throne, and everybody's trying to copy it, I don't. I'm not totally against the idea of them being paid for their dedication to the work and they're providing an open source platform for others to build off of. I haven't found a right way for these people to get compensated for working. the The, the right incentive model has not been pre- presented, in my opinion.
1: I think the DAO is the right incentive model. That's why I love ZenCash so much. Like they forked this coin, they forked the Z Classic and implemented the DAO so that they could get their developers paid. And I think that's the perfect solution. So and and of course they're helping IOHK develop a DAO that any coin could adapt. So maybe Zcash decides, you know what? Maybe we should do this. Maybe they they have a moment of clarity. I don't know. I don't know. In the end though, I the listeners know I have a problem with any decent with any coin that's not decentralized, and then I have further problems with really narrow centralization, and that's why for me Zcash isn't on my isn't on my radar as far as coins I want to invest in because I would choose other one of probably one of the forks over it. But I agree that forks are probably bad for the community overall, and they're a little
0: I don't know. I would be willing to argue anybody that I think forks are really bad for the community. Yeah. I think
1: we're going to see a lot less forks in the future and and in in 5 years I don't I I think that if Zcash has not further decentralized I think that they will be in very dire straits because there's just too much incentive not to use that that money correctly. But if they have decentralized in that amount of time, then they could be a very successful coin.
0: Yeah, no no arguments here. Is there anything else you want to touch on before we wrap it up, Brent?
1: No, I think we uh think we some I think we covered a coin that we've almost covered before and covered it well in a very long episode.
0: Yeah, no. I think this came out very well. I think the listeners will appreciate it. And remember, Zcash community, we are very open-minded to fixing anything that we messed up. Please give us a contact on Discord, Twitter, anywhere you want to get in touch with us and we recommend the listeners join us there as well be a part of the conversation we participate a lot with our community members and we really look forward to building and growing our community as well for the crypto basic podcast my name was mike i was here with brent thanks again for tuning in the members of
1: the crypto basic podcast are not financial advisors we're pretty much idiots so if we got anything wrong we're really very sorry we'll come out with it later Remember that all investments have inherent risk and do your own research. Entertainment purposes only is what we are providing.
0: Barely.